Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Welcome to The Rock of Gainesville. How many of you are glad you're here today? What I like hearing. And if you're here in the auditorium, we welcome you. If you're joining us online, we welcome you also to The Rock of Gainesville. Hey, how many of you loving this weather we're having? Come on, somebody. Now, I, I know I've already heard the argument. Some people like the warm. Some people like the cool. And uh, it's okay. But it's Florida. Wait a little bit, and you'll get everything you want. So uh, it, it's totally fine. So uh, really, really beautiful weekends, and this is one of those. And we want to say hello to you and welcome to The Rock of Gainesville. Here's what I want to talk about and teach on for just a few minutes. Here's our topic, living life on purpose. Living life on purpose. Being intentional about the way you live your life. Asking yourself every morning when you get up. I want to ask myself when my feet hit the floor every day at four in the morning and I put my feet on the floor, okay, what am I going to, what am I going to do today that's going to bring honor to God's kingdom? Living life intentionally and living life on purpose. That's what I want to teach on for just a few minutes. Now, let me tell you a little bit about where this word comes from. Uh, back a good while ago, actually, we did our series at the end of the year. Uh, the title of it was Our Greatest or The Greatest. And I had the very last weekend of the month, and I taught on Our Greatest season. It was literally the last weekend of the year, and I taught on that it, regardless of what's going on in our daily lives, we have the, and it was Christmas obviously, so we have the, the lights and the, and the presents and the hot cocoa and all the stuff that goes with it. Well, that's going to change. That's going to go away, and it has. But regardless of what's going on in our natural lives, because of Jesus in you, you can literally have the greatest season of your life. It doesn't matter if you got the lights or the presents. If you got Jesus, your life can be fantastic. Come on, somebody, and say amen. And during that particular word, one of my points in that message of our greatest season was this, that we need to live our lives intentionally, live life on purpose. And Quite honestly, guys, I was amazed at the number of responses I got to that one point. Now, they may not have heard, you may not have heard anything else I said, <laughs> and that's okay. But one of the things that I got a lot of information back on was that point of living life on purpose. And let me stop right now and say this. It's, a, it's good to be here with you today. Thank you, Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne, for the opportunity to share the word today. Thanks a lot. I'll try not to mess anything up. If I do, you'll be back next weekend. And we've been doing that for 25 years, right? So it's okay. But I, I, I was amazed at the number of responses, the texts, the calls of Pastor Ron. I want my 2022 to be a year that is lived on purpose. I want to be intentional. Everybody say it out loud. Now say it like I had a bagel. There you, I want to be intentional about what I do. Now, let me just stop also and say this. I don't need to, nor do I want to, re-preach everything pastor's been preaching over the past three weeks concerning our best is yet to come. He did a pretty good job. Come on and give it up, Pastor George. He did a pretty good job of communicating that word. So I don't want to re-preach that. I don't need to. But I do want to compliment it. 
And I think what I'm going to say today will dovetail well with what he's been saying over the past few weeks about our best is yet to come. Because, guys, understand this. My best is only going to come because I'm intentional about my life. I'm focused on my life. I'm responsible for my life. Then I see the best days of my life take place. So, living our life intentionally. Irma Bombeck says this, good intentions like crying babies should be carried out immediately. Now, now that is no reflection on how we feel about our little ones, but every once in a while, they kind of do what they do, and we have to kind of bring some order to that. But the bottom line is we, we act on it. And that's kind of what Pastor Ron is saying this morning. We've got to act on those good intentions. Do something about it. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to teach this morning to you on building a foundation in your life and building a foundation in my life from which intentionality can spring from. Because you see, if I went around the room today and asked you, what do you want to be intentional about, I'd probably get three or four hundred different responses about what you want to be intentional about. And that's cool. I don't have that kind of time or energy. So what I do want to do is I want to build a, uh, a foundation in our lives from, uh, from which intentionality, regardless of what we need to be intentional about, I want to build a foundation that intentionality can spring from. So here's what we want to do. Let's, let's kind of put our foundational statement out there. Write this down. Here we go. Living an intentional life begins with deciding, I love this right here, how I am going to steward or manage my time, my talents, and my treasures. My intentional life is going to become really effective when I make a decision as to how I am going to manage my time, my talents, and my treasures. See, I'm not going to be intentional unless I really know how I'm going to manage my time, how I'm going to manage those gifts and abilities that God has given me, how I'm going to manage those things that are most important to me. Come on, guys, they're called priorities. They're called priorities. How am I going to manage my time, my talent, and my treasures? Now, as I kind of started studying for this a good while back, I came across a lot of different scriptures, and I came across Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And when I saw it, I said, I like that. Then I kept on reading, kept on reading, kept on looking, kept on reading, and I came across Romans 12, 3 in the Message Bible. And when I saw that, I said, I really like that. And so let's read it together. Here we go. Living life on purpose. Romans 12, 3 says this, I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibilities. There's an intentional word right there. I have responsibilities to what? In relation to you. I've got responsibilities. I've got to take ownership. I've got to get something done. I've got to take charge. I've got responsibilities, that's intentionality, in relation to you. Living then, as, one of you do, as every one of you does, in pure grace. It's important that you do not misrepresent yourselves. There's another intentional word. Don't misrepresent yourselves. Do it right. Do it the way you're supposed to do it. Have integrity. Have character. Don't misrepresent yourselves. Do it right. I, I, you know, sometimes when I, when I read that word about uh, the whole idea of, 
uh, doing it right. I, I still have. He's been gone for 12 years, but I still have my dad's voice in my head. Senior Master Sergeant used to say this all the time, do it right, do it now. Come on, somebody. Do it right, do it now. Do it with integrity. Take charge. Get it done. Don't misrepresent yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No. God brings it all to you. I can be intentional because he brings to me every good and perfect gift coming down from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Whatever I need to be able to be intentional with, he's already equipped you to be able to do it. Come on and say, thank God. He's equipped you and I to do it. So I have the ability to do what I do intentionally because God's already brought it to me. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us. Look at this right here. Not by what we are. How many of you are thankful that I don't have to measure up because of my pedigree or my background or where I came from or who I am or whether I measure up good enough or bad enough? I don't worry about that because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus in you, the hope of glory. So it's not about what I do, it's by God operating in me, not by what we are or what we do for him. Living life on purpose. All right, Pastor Ron, how do we do it? Here we go, write it down. Number one, intentional living is responsible living. It's responsible living. Now, if you've been around here for a while, you've heard Pastor Ron define maturity. I've given you that definition a number of times, but if you happen to have forgotten that definition, let me give it to you again. I don't think maturity has anything to do with age. It has everything to do with the responsibility you seize over your life. Are you responsible for your actions and take ownership of your life? I've sat with guys that are 55 years old, man, in my office, and they're just as immature as you can imagine because they blame everybody in the world. It's my coach's fault. It's my mama's fault. It's my daddy's fault. It's my dog's fault. It's everybody else's fault. They play the blame game. It's immaturity, man. And then I've sat with young guys, and man, they just bless my socks off because they sit there and say, look, Pastor Ron, I messed up, but me and Jesus are going to get this right. They're responsible for their actions. And so when I look at maturity, I don't look at age. I look at, am I going to take charge of my life? Intentional Living is responsible living. Look at verse 3. There's a little, little, little fly in the ointment. Here we go. I have responsibilities to what? I have responsibilities to myself, but I got responsibilities to you. Oh, man, you missed a good place to shout. I'm, oh, now listen to me. I'm not responsible for you. For that, I can't thank God enough. <laughs> Man, you're a grown woman, you're a grown man. I'm not responsible for you. If you want to be a champion, be it. If you want to be a knucklehead, come to my office on Monday. It's your call. We'll talk. But I'm not responsible for you, but I am responsible to you the way it says it in verse 3. So I'm responsible to myself, but I'm also responsible to others. But listen to, to me. What is it that stops us from doing that? What is it that stops us from literally glowing and showing the, the power and the presence of God? Well, here it is. We get worried and 
all wrapped up in what people think. They were worried about what they think. What's our purpose? What's our, 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 our action there? Listen, guys, the stronger my validation is on the inside, the less I will need on the outside. The stronger my validation is from Jesus in me, the less I'm going to need validation from the outside. And so what I do is I understand that I am validated by Jesus Christ, the hope of glory that's operating in me, and I cease being a people pleaser. Not worried about it. Hey, I, don't misunderstand me. Now, I'm not worried about what you think about PR. I want you to like me, to know me, is to love me. Come on, somebody. But it, it, it's not about whether or not you give me approval. I got an audience of one. His name is Jesus. And I want to honor him. So the less validation I get on the outside, or the, or the less validation I have on the inside, I will need from the outside. I stop being a people pleaser. Hey, Hebrews 11.25. Hebrews 11.25 tells a wonderful, wonderful story about Moses. And it says this, Hebrews 11.25 says about Moses, says he chose to suffer with God's people rather than enjoy sin for a season. Now let me explain that. He chose to suffer with God's people rather than enjoy sin for a season. Now, when you first hear that, you say, okay, where are you going, PR? Well, I'm going to show you in just a second because it's good. Moses was in a real interesting situation. He was born into Egyptian royalty, but he was a Hebrew slave. So he's got this real interesting quagmire of a need to make a decision. Am I going to please Pharaoh and go to the delicacies of the palace or am I going to do what I'm called to do and deal with a real, real tough life with God's people? What choice? What choice am I going to make? You see, one of the things I love about our Heavenly Father is He gives us tremendous freedom to make choices, but with it comes the responsibility of our choices. Got all kinds of freedom to make choices, but we got to be responsible for those. And so here's Moses saying, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to go please Pharaoh and go enjoy the delicacies of the palace, or am I going to do what I know I'm called to do and join with God's people and lead a nation? Well, obviously, you know the story. Moses made a real, real, real tough choice and went back and suffered with the people of God, and then in due season, God raised him up to lead a nation. And it, man, he, he could have gone ahead and enjoyed the delicacies of the palace, but no, I'm going to do what I need to do, and I'm going to honor God. And when I do that, I'm going to let God exalt me in due season. Hey, hey, hey make that tough choice, baby. Make that tough choice. It's worth it. It's, it's worth overcoming the delicacies of the palace for just a season and get the honor from God you rightfully deserve. Now, how do I do that? Well, you know, if I'm going to be responsible to myself, but I'm also going to be responsible to others, I've got to operate the same way Jesus operated. Jesus operated in love and humility. He loved the world that he was dealing with, even though the Bible says there were times they despised him. He loved them anyway. He operated in love and humility, and it opened up doors 
of ministry. So what I've got to do, and Pastor Hector did a really, really great job. Give it up to Pastor Hector. Come on. Did a great job Wednesday night of dealing with this subject of how we love our world. We're going to be known by our love. And that's what Jesus did, man. Jesus loved and was humbled and loved a world that sometimes didn't like him. Why? Because he said that he is the light of the world. And he tells us the same thing. You are the light of the world. So you operate in love and humility. It opens up doors of ministry because you are the light of the world. Now listen to Pastor Ron right here. As the light of the world, you glow, not glare. I, I, I glow with the love of Christ. I don't glare. How many of you know we live in a glaring society? We live in a glaring world. What are you doing? Why, why do you think that way? Why are you operating that way? We live in a glaring world, a glaring society. But here's what it do. Here's what I do, man. I, I glow with the love of Jesus. I don't glare with meanness. I don't, uh, I don't glare with intolerance. I don't glare with backbiting. I, I, I glow with the love of Jesus. And it opens up doors of ministry. Now, that's not always easy, especially when they're glaring back at you. I mean, they're glaring at you, man, and you gotta, you got to act like Jesus. You don't want to act like Jesus, do you? You know, you want to act like you're part of the mafia. Come on, somebody. <laughs> hey, stop with me for two seconds and, and, and tell me the truth. It is a whole lot easier to be nice to people on Friday than it is Monday. Isn't it? It's a whole lot easier to be nice to everybody on Friday. Why? Man, it, the weekend's coming. TGIF. Pate. It's time to go, man. You can do what you want to do. I'm going to love you. Hey, I love every one of you guys two days before I go on vacation. I love you. It's a whole lot easier to love people during those times. But when I understand that I am operating the way Jesus operated, I'm full of the Holy Spirit, you may make me mad as a hornet, but I'm going to love you anyway because God loves you even more than me. Hey, you know what we need in today's world, guys? Listen to Pastor Ron. You know what we need? We need a, a good dose of a spirit of understanding. Now remember, understanding does, all, does not always mean agreeing. I can, I can take a few minutes and do my best to understand where you're coming from, and I still may disagree with you, but out of a spirit of compassion, there's a connection that's created. I may not agree with you, but I stop for just a second and understand where you're coming from. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Here we go. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, and profane talk. Look at the intentionality of this. Be gentle with one another. Be sensitive. This, if this is not intentional, I don't know what is. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. That's being intentional and being a, 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 a responsible believer to yourself, but to the world that you're living in. So, number one, intentional living begins with responsible living. Number two, write it down. Intentional living is grace-filled living. Now, now, you're going to see this as we go through this. This is going to build. 
We're going we're gonna to kind of build, as I said, a foundation in your life from which intentionality can spring from. Number one, intentional living is responsible living. Number two, intentional living is I operate in grace and truth. I operate in grace and truth. Look at verse three. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace. Living then, I'm responsible to myself. I'm responsible to you. How am I going to be responsible to you? I'm going to operate graciously. Speak grace to the hearer. I'm going to operate in the graciousness of God. Again, I don't need to be mean. I don't need to be stubborn. I can operate in the grace of God and watch him do an incredible work in your life and my life. Now, again, what stops us from doing that? Well, we're concerned about somebody judging our motives. Why are they being so nice to me? Why are they being so kind to me? What do they want out of me? What are they trying to get? Why are they being so gracious to me, Bob? Why are they being so nice? They're judging our motives. Never let those that know you the least define you the most. I'm going to say it again. Because here's what we do, guys. We let people that really don't know us, they really don't know our hearts, define our actions. Don't let people that know you the least define you the most. Hey, when I, when I come to the revelation that someone's behavior toward me is about an internal struggle and not me, I all of a sudden start extending grace. Do you get that? When I understand that someone's actions, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about their own internal struggle. And when I come to that revelation and realize that, then all of a sudden, again, that spirit of compassion becomes active in me and I start, start rather, operating in grace. It's not about me. It's their own personal struggle that they need to get healed from and God is capable of doing it. I ain't got to fix them. Come on, somebody. I ain't got to fix them. I just got to love them through it. It's their own personal in, internal struggle. But you know, when we start operating at that level of grace and that level of graciousness, it's going to create some confusion in people that you're around. And, and they're not going to understand that. Understand something, guys. Not everybody is going to understand your assignment, and not everyone is going to understand the call of God on your life. Here's the principle you got to get. Others won't understand the call of God on your life because it wasn't a conference call. It's not about everybody else. It's about you and Jesus. So you operate in grace, but hey, now let's bring some balance to this because Jesus told us this is how we do it. We operate in grace and truth. One without the other is going to create something kind of weird. It's going to create some problems. So we operate in grace and truth. And not everybody's going to understand the call of God on our life to call us to operate graciously to a lost and a dying world. Why are you doing that? What's your, what's your, your motive there? My motive is to please Jesus. Come on, somebody. My motive is to honor God and do what I need to do to be a light to the world. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, 17. I love this. Because this is what we do. They start judging us and they start getting hard on us and we want to get out of Dodge. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not messing with him or her anymore. They're not nice to me. We want to hang it up. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, 17 is going to answer this for you. Look at it. Don't be a wishing 
you are someplace else or with someone else. The minute they start giving us a hard time, we want to give up, want to quit, want to go somewhere else. And here's what Paul says, don't be a wish in that, that you're going to go somewhere else or you're going to start hanging out with someone else. Where you are right now, man, get this in your spirit right this very moment. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Where you are right now, right now, is God's place for you. Look at these four intentional words. Live, obey, love, and believe. Right where you are, look at the intentionality of that. Live, obey, love, and believe. Right where you are. Listen to PR for just a second. Man, don't go, don't go looking for somewhere, somewhere else. You know, I'm sorry for quoting Irma Bombeck again, but a lot of times we find ourselves looking for greener grass. There's greener grass out there somewhere. I'm going to go find greener grass. You know what Irma says about that? The grass is always greener over the septic tank. And so we go look for greener grass, man. And you know what? We find it until we get over there and realize we done stepped in deep tapioca. <laughs> it is, man. So let me ask you a question, man. Who's around you? We're talking about the call, the assignment of God on your life to operate graciously. Who's around you? Do you have Job's comforters around you? Do you have the naysayers around you? Or do you have Barnabas, son of encouragement, around you? Who's around you, man? Put people around you that are going to push you to the prize that God wants you to walk in. Not hold you back, man. Hey, never sit at a table where you're the topic of conversation when you walk away. Don't sit at that table. Sit with warriors, man. Sit with warriors. The conversation's a whole lot better. So intentional living is grace-filled living. Number three, and I'm almost done. In, write it down. Intentional living, we sang about this a minute ago. Thank you, Pastor Jamie. Intentional living is being aware, man, I love this, is being aware of the greatness of God's goodness. Put your hands together and say, thank you, Jesus. Come on. The greatness of God's goodness. So here it is. Intentional living is being responsible to myself and others to operate in grace, and I can do it because of everything Jesus has done for you. Because of how good he is. Look at what it says, verse 3. No, it's not about you. It's not about your pedigree. It's not about your family tree. No, God brings it all to you. And he has blessed us with, oh, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So it's not about me, it's about God who does so many great things. I could, you know, you guys have heard me say this through the years a million times. So let me say it, one million and one. I can never, ever, ever over-exaggerate the goodness of God. I can overlook it. I can take it for granted. I can misinterpret it. But I, I will never over-exaggerate the goodness of God. You want to know why? 
Scripture makes it really, really clear because He does exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever ask or think. So I'm never going to be able to over-exaggerate the goodness of God. Well, you know what, Pastor Ron? God's been really, really, really good to me. He has been so good. The, the goodness of God is great. He's been so good to me, but people, after people, after people have hurt me. Well, you know what? Turn that wound into wisdom. Turn that wound into something that's been painful and let God bring healing to it and Him use it in such a way that it brings glory to His kingdom. Don't live in that thing. Don't nurse it and rehearse it. Get healed from that thing and turn that wound in from, in, from pain into joy. Turn that, I'm not making light of it. Now, don't misunderstand me. It's a real deal. I, we, we've gone through those kind of things. So I'm not making light of it, but turn that wound into wisdom. You know who I think about when I make a statement like that? I think about Joyce Myers. You know, if you've ever read her background and everything she went through of the abuse and the neglect and everything she went through, she turned that wound into wisdom and now the entire world is able to enjoy it. Why? Because that thing's been wiped away by Jehovah Rapha, the God that healeth you. Mm. So turn that wound into wisdom. Listen, guys, there's a reason the enemy is wanting to attack you and stop you from operating in grace and operating in a mature way to be intentional and change the world you're living in. There's a reason for that. It's because there's value inside of you. There's something that God wants to turn from a hurt to a treasure so that the world can enjoy it. There's, there's value, there's healing, there's strength, there's power, there's love inside of you. Hey, the devil would not be attacking you if there wasn't something of valuable in you because thieves don't break into empty houses. You got something good inside of you. You got something powerful inside of you. Again, I'll quote it one more time, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That means them all, guys. That means every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. But you know what? I got to believe that about me. You got to believe that about you. You know, one of the things I would love as we talk about being intentional today and building a foundation from which intentionality can spring from, one of the things I would love to get across to all of us is to really, really, really buy in to what the Word says about me. Hey, get this principle right here. The enemy didn't tempt Adam and Eve to steal or kill or hate. He tempted them to question God's Word. So I got to believe God's Word, and specifically, I need to believe what God's Word says about me. Hey, when my perspective, now listen, because um, I promise I said it once, I'll say it again. This time, I'm telling you the truth. I'm almost done. <laughs> but you got to get this. When my perspective is preloaded with God's Word, the lies of the enemy lose their power. 
when my perspective, my outlook, my understanding is preloaded with God's Word, the lies of the enemy lose their power. That was the pattern of Jesus. Jesus in the wilderness being tempted, the enemy comes along and says, hey, if you're the son of God, why don't you turn those stones to bread? Jesus's perspective was preloaded with God's word. What did he say? Well, the word says that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. His perspective was preloaded with God's word. Man, I love that. So the next time the enemy says, you're not going to get healed. There's no way you're going to get healed. You're too sick. It's terminal. You're not going to get healed. You're, you're going to have to have that disease the rest of your life. Hold on, Satan. My word says that he is Jehovah Rapha, and by his stripes, I've already been healed. Hey, you know that, that anxiety, that depression, that pain that you're dealing with? You're going to have it the rest of your life. It's just one of those things that people deal with. No, 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 no. The Word says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. Hey, that fear that's just beating the mess out of you, got you over in a corner in a fetal position, you're going to have that fear the rest of your life. You're paranoid, you're schizophrenic, you're scared to death. You got it the rest of your life. No, 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 no. God has now given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So my perspective gets preloaded with God's Word so that when that lie comes, it's, it's buttoned up against, it's, that's right, it's buttoned up against truth. It's buttoned up God's Word. And when, whoo, and when heaven and earth will pass away, the Word of God is still going to be standing. All right, last thing. I want to be intentional about my life. When my feet hit the floor, what am I going to do? I know it's not always about doing, but hear my heart. What am I going to do that's going to bring honor and glory to God's kingdom? The great Billy Graham made a statement one time that I just, I love, 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 love because it just really resonates with my spirit. He said this, life is not measured by duration, but by donation. I can live for a lot of years and not do a stinking thing. Or I can be intentional, I can be responsible, I can take action and watch God work through us to affect a lost and dying world that needs Jesus. Being intentional. Bow your heads with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you today, Lord, that we talk about doing things, but we never can ever, ever overlook the reality that the Bible says this, I can do all things through Christ who puts power in me. So we're not overlooking that today by any means, Lord. We're not turning this into a do works mentality. We're turning this into an understanding that it's my responsibility to be faithful, to be faithful in your kingdom, not just be a hearer of your word, but be a doer of your word. So I thank you, Lord, for the truth. And Lord, we just take that, that truth that you've put out in front of us today and we receive it with joy and gladness 
in Jesus' name. Nobody's looking around. Every head bow for just a second. I know, and I told the staff this, this is not necessarily what you might call this type of message, but as I also told the staff, God has a phenomenal way of working a lot of cool ways in our lives. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I just don't have purpose in my life because I don't have Jesus in my life. I don't have that light that you spoke of that shows the way to have a purpose-filled life. I, I, I want to be intentional. I want to have vision. I want to reach out and do. I want to be effective. But there's an emptiness inside of me that stops me from being as purposeful as I would like because I realize as you spoke today, I don't have Jesus in my life. We can change that very, very simply because Jesus makes it so easy. If you're here this morning or you're watching online and you would say, Pastor Ron, I, I just don't have purpose. I don't have intentionality. I don't have the ability to really step out and, and do things that will be effective in my world because I am inhibited. I need that strength of Jesus to overcome. I want to accept Jesus Christ today and make him Lord of my life. So that intentionality and that responsibility becomes part of who I am. I want to accept Jesus Christ and my life be changed and purposeful today. If that's you, raise your hand right where you are. I want to pray over you. Yes, thank you. You can put it down. Yes, yes, you can put it down. Anybody else? Just hold it up just for a second. Yes, thank you very much. Just for a second. I just I want to accept Jesus today. And I want that purpose-filled life. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for stepping out and operating faith. Now, here's what we're going to do. The Bible makes it real clear, real simple. You confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again. You shall be changed and have purpose in your life because Jesus comes into your life. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray, and everybody in the room is going to pray together. But if you raised your hands, all I'm going to ask you to do is pray and mean it in your heart because that's simply all you need to do. So everybody in the room play, praying together right now. Let's pray together. Father, I come to you now, and I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my past, forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my failures, cause those things to be wiped away so they don't beat me up anymore and put my feet on a new path so that I can follow Jesus and have purpose. I'm asking you now, Lord, to be my Savior, to be my Lord. As you forgive me, you're going to put me on a path of effectiveness, and I'm going to follow you to do that. Thank you for loving me today, Jesus, and thank you for helping me to start fulfilling my life with purpose. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, put your hands together. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.